Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, show number 280, Finance Friday Edition, where we interview Jeff and talk about real estate investing. A few years ago, I stumbled upon, uh, I don't know where on the internet, but uh, FIRE. So I would like to eventually retire early. Um, and I know before that, you need to get financially independent first. So right now, the first steps I guess we're looking towards doing are becoming financially independent. I'm not sure exactly if we should do it through stocks necessarily. I mean, we've uh, been dabbling in this house hacking in terms of trying to see what it's like to be a landlord. And so far, it's been pretty good. I mean, we think we've just been blessed with a really great uh, tenant. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen. And with me, as always, is my more fun than bubble wrap co-host, Scott Tredge. What a popping off introduction, Mindy. Thank you so much. <laughs> Scott and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else, to introduce you to every money story, because we truly believe financial freedom is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where you're starting. That's right. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big time investments in assets like real estate or start your own business, we'll help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so you can launch yourself towards those dreams. Excited to talk to Jeff today. He is unsure about his investment strategy, but what we discover is that he's actually doing pretty good. He is being conscious of his spending. He is not just spending whatever he wants. I think they track their spending and they're doing uh, continuous contributions to their 401ks and being very cognizant about their money, which honestly is going to be one of the best things you can do is just be money conscious. Yeah. And the fundamentals are all set up. He's got no debt. He's, you know, they're, they're, they're accumulating a healthy amount of cash each year and it's, where do I deploy it? Real estate, stocks, something else. And, uh, you know, the, the, I think we're, there's a lean towards real estate and the implications of that are, um, I think, I think really fun to discuss. And I think we had a great discussion and hopefully gave him some things to noodle on today. He's got several research opportunities and lucky for him, he's got a lot of investment opportunities available to him again because he has crushed his fundamentals. He's really doing a great job. Before we bring in Jeff, my attorney is going to make me tell you that the contents of this podcast are informational in nature and are not legal or tax advice. And neither Scott nor I nor Bigger Pockets are engaged in the provision of legal, tax, or any other advice. You should seek your own advice from professional advisors, including lawyers and accountants, regarding the legal, tax, and financial implications of any financial decision you contemplate. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, we turned to NerdWallet. Scott's right. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, Mindy and I were paying for vacations in cash, missing out on miles, and not even knowing what we're leaving on the table. But now we're flying through the skies for free, thanks to our new cards with more miles and upgrades than ever. So if you want more travel rewards, hotel upgrades, or airport lounge access, no matter where you go next, let NerdWallet help you make it happen with a killer travel card. 
Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval, and terms of each credit card issuer apply. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging, especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners' capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com. Jeff is a new dad making great money and he has his expenses nailed down. He and his wife tested out house hacking, but they aren't sure if they want to continue now that they've got a baby. He's looking for some general advice about his investment plan. Jeff, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. I'm so excited to jump into your numbers today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So let's get right to it. What are you making and where does it go? Well, me and my wife combined, uh, we gross about 176. Um, uh, and I think around net after taxes and uh, HSA contributions, 401k, I think we are down to about uh, 109. Awesome. So we're looking at like 9,000 a month. Is that right? In yep. after tax? Yep, that's correct. Great. And any bonuses or other sources of income there? Um, I don't necessarily count on it because um, I'm still sort of new in my company. I've um, only been here about going on two years here now. Uh, but they do provide us with uh, stocks um, every once in a while. Um, and we also do get a bonus uh, at the beginning of the year as well. Awesome. And what, what do you think those would amount to um, an average year? Um, the bonus, I'd say maybe around... 4,000 to 5,000, somewhere between that. Um, and these stocks, it, it does seem as though it's pretty random whenever they gift us those, uh, dependent upon how the company is performing. Great. And then any other income, um, besides the bonus and the base salary? Uh, no, other than what Mindy mentioned, we do uh, house hack as well. Um, that also, um, I believe accounts for around 1350, um, per month. All right. So we've got, Nine thousand a month plus thirteen fifty a month plus another ten fifteen grand a year. I'll call it um, maybe uh, from the the bonus and stocks. Where does all that money go? Our home. We I believe we have a little bit of a high interest rate on our home, but um, our mortgage is about two thousand a month. Um, cell phones are about one seventy. We're supporting some other family members on the family plan there. Um, car insurance is about two fifty. Um, car, uh, for our gas, we, um, spend about, uh, a little less than 150 a month. And 
on food, we spend about a little bit over 500 a month on food. Um, and we tithe pretty heavily, um, uh, about 10% of our salary. Um, so that's about 900 a month. Um, and we also give ourselves a little bit of leeway on the month, um, for just uh, miscellaneous shopping for about $200 there. Um, and we just have some subscriptions as well that I'd say total up to about, uh, a little, a little high there, but, um, around $300 a month in subscriptions altogether. That includes like, uh, cable, internet, um, Netflix, Spotify, so there's a little room there, but it's a, it's a pretty tight budget that you've got, you run with all this, um, from, from what I'm picking up. And that's about $5,000 in total monthly spending. Is that right? Uh, give or take we, some months, we might be a little bit more heavy, might go up to about 6,000, but on average, uh, I'd say it is about six, uh, 5,000, I guess. Okay. So, so absent, um, not even factoring in the house hack income or bonuses or whatever, you're accumulating about three to $4,000 per month. Does that sound about right? Yep. All right, great. And what do you do with that? Uh, so right now we've just been sort of trying to uh, throw um, some of it into a um, high high interest uh, savings account as we're trying to save for another rental property. Uh, well, our first rental property, like true rental property. Um, so we save about half of that. Um, and then the rest we just put into uh, various sinking funds. Um for we have uh, as many missions. Well, we have a, a new baby, so we stash some money away for him. Um, and we, uh, miscellaneous uh, car expenses as well. We try to save up for, uh, and also vacation budget as well. And just the house as well needs uh, updates every once in a while, so we try to save for that. Across all of those sinking funds, excluding let's call it well, across all of them, how much cash do you have? Um, you mean like currently, like just all saved up right now? Yep. I believe liquid, we are about um, around 102000 Wow. You have $102,000 in cash? Yes. Awesome. Okay. Um, a good amount of that is for our uh, our emergency fund. Um, we have about six months saved up there for emergency fund, and the rest of that is what we've been trying to save up for the uh, purchase of a rental property. Love it. What, what other assets do you have besides that cash? Uh, so we do have, um, me and my wife, we do invest in our 401ks, um, uh, combined we're at about 73,000 there. Um, I have an HSA that I've been, I just recently started maxing that out last year. Um, but previously I was also contributing to that previously, but that's at, um, just under 9,000. Um, and as I mentioned, uh, my company gives me some stocks in the company that's, uh, at about 80,000 right now. And I have a small, uh, after tax brokerage, which is about 5,000. And I also, I guess it doesn't really count for me, but I opened up a, uh, investment account for my son as well. That's at about 500 right now. Awesome. Uh, and then, uh, you have a, you have a house. Do you have any other assets besides that? Uh, no, uh, I mean my car, but it's pretty old. Uh, doesn't really, doesn't really work too much, I guess. What's the, what's the value of your house and the mortgage on it? Um, so we purchased the house, uh, in 2020 for around three thirty. Um, right now we're at around, I think, uh, three eleven on the, uh, what we owe. And if I had to guess on how much is worth, I mean, uh, looking at like Redfin and Zillow, um, 
probably around a little less than 400,000. Awesome. So I'll call it 375. So you have 60,000 in home equity there. Um, any other at, so we, 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 I guess we covered all the assets there. What is you, what are your debts? And let's start with that mortgage. What's the mortgage payment and what's that comprised of? The mortgage payment per month is, uh, I think, uh, just a little bit over 2000, like $2,020. Um, and I mean, in total, as I mentioned right now, it's at 311,000. Um, I'm sorry. What was the, what was the, well, just, do you have PMI? I, um, I'm sorry. I'm stealing Mindy's question that she's writing in our notes here. Um, but do you, do you have PMI on that? Because you put down a very small down payment. Uh, we do. Um, uh, at this point, I really don't know how much PMI is on it. I, I'd say it's about uh, maybe 150, but I haven't really looked at that okay. in a while. Okay. I have a research opportunity, and this is something for you to weigh your pros and cons because you have the large cash account. And you you mentioned emergency fund of six months. Is that included in that 102000 in cash or is that separate? That's included okay. in that. Okay. Okay. What is your PMI? How much longer do you have to go until you pay it off? And you mentioned you think you have a high interest rate. Do you know what your interest rate is off the top of your head? Okay. I don't... Depending on when you got the mortgage, it could have been during a blip where it was a little high. I'm not sure that you can really refi out of that where it would make sense. Um, I think you're going to be right around there right now, but it never hurts to talk to a mortgage broker and just ask them, Hey, what is the rate right now? Uh, maybe you could refi out of the PMI, but if you have a, just a short amount of time before you pay off your PMI, maybe it makes more sense just to pay that down so you can get rid of that payment. So this is a, um, a math opportunity, go in there and run some numbers and see what, what it makes. Does it make sense to throw that money at your mortgage or does it make sense to continue to pay the $150 a month in your PMI? Uh, so I did just uh, log into my mortgage online here and I do see that my mortgage is about uh, my PMI on my mortgage is about 150 a month. Okay. So I would invite you to run some numbers and see when does that make sense to pay down? Because I believe it. Oh, this is a conventional mortgage, not an FHA mortgage. Correct. I should ask that. Okay, good. So with a conventional mortgage, once you have paid down the equivalent of 20% of the purchase price, then you can request that they remove the PMI. And with an FHA mortgage, it never goes away ever. So that is a uh, something that I forgot to ask you ahead of time. So I would run the numbers and see when you can pay that down. Um, you could also reach out to them and ask them to like reevaluate the uh, the value of the home. And sometimes you can get PMI removed that way. There's a lot of different options available to you, but I mean, why pay 150 bucks if you don't have to? On the other hand, if you're going to take that cash, that 102 and buy another property with it, maybe it makes sense to continue paying this 150 on the PMI because you have another opportunity, like some really amazing property comes up and you have the opportunity to jump on it. You know, maybe the 150 PMI is worth continuing pay. So that's just a research opportunity for you. Uh, in the beginning of the show, when we were talking about what kind of income you have, you casually mentioned that every once in a while, your company gives you company stock. And then you said you have $80,000 in your company stock, which is a little bit more than just a casual mention. 
I just thought you worked for some like random company that's like, here's a, here's one share of stock, you know, here's $5. So that sounds like a significant um, gift that they give you. Are you paying taxes on that or do they just give it to you and you don't have to pay? I don't know. Bigger Pockets should start selling stock and then give me some, Scott, so I can figure out. It's a research opportunity for me. It would be nice if Scott did that. Uh, but um, Thank you. That's two. Scott, 66% of the people on this I, I like that idea. agree with me that we should sell stock and mm-hmm. give some to me. So they do when they gift us the the stock op, uh, the stocks. Um, they do take out a portion of it, similar to if, if it's a, a regular paycheck. Um, so they when they give it to you, they take out the stock for the taxes for you. Okay. So what happens if you sell that stock? Are you able to sell that stock? Is it publicly traded? There are. There are yeah, we are publicly traded. Uh, there are blackout days where we're not, we're not allowed to trade. Uh, but when it's open season, I guess we're able to. Uh, but I, I've yet to uh, dabble in that just because I thought that we are a pretty good company, and uh, I, I, I do believe in the company somewhat. I'm um, still working here. Um, <laughs> and I do think that they will continue to grow and uh, become more profitable in the future. Okay. So is, uh, I have a couple of friends. One works at a company that gives him stock and he sells it instantly. And one works at a company that gives him stock and he holds onto it forever. And I want to have them come on and explain their different opportunities. Well, let me, let me go back a second here and, and say, so we covered all your assets. We covered your house and your mortgage payment. Do you have any other debts? Is there anything else we need to know to understand your net worth? Um, no, there's no other debts there. Um, I mean, I, every month, I mean, we, me and my wife, we do use credit cards, but we try to pay those down like every month as possible. Okay. So you have, you have a small credit card balance is paid off month to month, which is in my opinion, not debt. I do the same thing. Um, okay. So, uh, I've got a net worth here somewhere between three hundred and five hundred thousand dollars. Based on this, is that is that about right? Yeah, um, I, I mean, on Mint, we track our expenses on Mint, um, and it tells us we're at around three seventy. Perfect. Okay, and so if we break that down into a pie chart, the biggest slice of the pie is cash, right? That's where you've got one hundred two thousand dollars in cash. The second biggest pie, slice of the pie is company stock to Mindy's point, um, this $80,000. The third biggest is going to be your retirement accounts between your 401k and HSA. And then the last will be your house and some small other accounts. Is that? That's correct. Yep. All right. What are your goals? Where are you trying to get to? I mean, a few years ago, I stumbled upon, uh, I don't know where on the internet, but uh, fire. So I would like to eventually retire early. Um, and I know before that, you need to get financially independent first. So right now, the first steps I guess we're looking towards doing are becoming financially independent. I'm not sure exactly if we should do it through stocks necessarily. Um, I mean, we've uh, been dabbling in this house hacking in terms of trying to see what it's like to be a landlord. And so far, it's been pretty good. I mean, we think we've just been blessed with a really great uh, tenant, but um, we also did our due diligence in terms of picking out that great tenant. Uh, so we're thinking that we can go ahead and um, expand to a, a like a traditional rental property, um, but there's been some hiccups, I guess, in terms of just offers not being accepted, and it's just been tough out there trying to find a property. So we're just, uh, I guess, getting a little defeated. We feel like in our spirits and thinking that we should just lean on stocks instead sometimes. Um, but we do have in our back of our mind we do still want to go after real estate. Um, but I guess I'd say the goal is to hopefully retire 
in about 10 to 15 years, ultimately. How long has the current situation more or less been, been going? Like you're saving three, $4,000 a month after tax, maxing out your 401k, all that kind of stuff. How many, how long is that? Have you been in this position where you've been accumulating wealth like this? Um, well, we've been, we're maxing out our HSA. Um, 401k, we're, we're just contributing just the, uh, just to get the match from our companies. Um, but we've been doing this for about, uh, a little over a year. Um, yeah, a little over a year or two. Great. How old are you? I just turned 30 a couple months okay. ago. So, so you've got a very strong position relative to the amount of time that you've been putting into, um, moving towards, towards fire with this. You've got a great foundation. And if you just sit on what you're currently doing, you're going to accumulate forty, fifty thousand $50,000 a year, three to $4,000 per month um, from your, your job plus, uh, 1300 a month from the house hack plus the stock options and or the stock grants and the bonuses, right? That's going to be about somewhere between 30 and $60,000 per year. I, I would imagine with that. And that's going to make a mass. And then that, that all gets invested in compounds. So the, the question here is you, you want to retire in, in 10 to 15 years. You're going to sustain that, hopefully grow it over the next, you know, five, 10 years as your um, careers both continue to accelerate. And where do I apply the the rest of the cash from there? And uh, you know, it comes back to the op- the options of stocks versus real estate. And you're saying that the the next move in the short run, you think, is a rental property, but you're getting hung up on the the purchase details. Is that is that the right framing of the overall situation? I think so. Yeah, I think that that explains it pretty great there. Awesome. Any any interest in entrepreneurship or anything like that? Are are you pretty happy with with the jobs at this point? I'm pretty happy with uh, my nine to five right now. Um, outside the only entrepreneurship, I guess I'd really be looking at is would be in real estate. Um, but that's about it really. I'd say, I I guess I don't have any other ideas really for entrepreneurship at the moment. So what is your, um, what is the, walk us through the approach you've had with real estate and what your challenge has been? Well, um, as I mentioned, I'm in Southern Maryland here, so it's not exactly as expensive as the, the DC market, but we do have a little bit of residual as people, um, move outer to the suburbs here. So it gets a little bit more expensive in the area I'm in. Um, so I've been trying to start looking into other markets across the country. Um, but I guess just not being, uh, on the ground there, it's a little bit more difficult to pull the uh, trigger in terms of, do I want to actually uh, put an offer on a property there? Um, so by the time, sometimes we get around to uh, putting in an offer or letting our agent know that we want to put in an offer, it's sometimes already um, under contract already, um, or uh, we have been outbid, I guess, a few times already as well, too. In terms of research, how, how many, how many, um, how much time have you put into to learning about real estate in, in your local market or these uh, the other ones? Uh, well, just in general, I've been on bigger pockets since about, uh, 2017, I'd say. Uh, so while I was paying down, uh, my debts, um, my student loan and my car debts, uh, I was just listening to the, the, uh, the, the OG podcast and the rookie podcast and, uh, recently came across you all's podcast here as well, too. Um, so I've been listening and uh, running numbers in uh, my market here uh, since about 2017. But these other markets um, and the one I'm specifically looking at now, I've been looking uh, running numbers there for, I'd say, about maybe four, four months or so now at this point. OK, so you put you feel like you've put in um, plenty of time and are very comfortable with the concepts of real estate investing and 
and it's it's you're you're having trouble now with between these two markets. What what is the what, what walk us through your your current market? What's a good deal look like there? Um, well, I guess in my in the current market, I mean like a three two uh, three bedroom two bath. I'd say uh, a good deal on that would probably be yeah, in the Southern Maryland area here. Um, I'd say somewhere around uh, two hundred thousand or so. Um, that'd be a, a good deal on that. Um, and if you're able to fix it up, um, hopefully you're able to sell that for uh, probably about um, three fifty to closer to four hundred. And how much would it rent for? Is your goal to sell it or to rent it? Uh, I'd love to hold on to these as rentals, uh, but that'd be like the ARV on it. Um, if I was trying to do a burr deal there, um, the rent on that I believe would be about twenty five uh, hundred a month, so three thousand. I mean to. T- Sitting here from Denver, those sound like great numbers, right? And 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 it's funny because um, Mindy and I maybe like a year ago did this some sort of meetup in the uh, San Diego market, and a lot of people from San Francisco were attending the San Diego meetup because San Francisco is way too expensive, and San Diego is much more affordable. And all the San Diego folks were talking about how Denver, um, you know, San Diego is way too expensive, and so Denver is way more affordable. And of course, all the Denver folks are saying, you know, Denver is way too expensive, and you go to the Midwest or something because that's more affordable um, with all this. So there's a, this giant chain reaction um, of of people thinking those markets, and I think that a lot of people listening um, and you know, from my, from my seat, that sounds like a phenomenal potential market. If you believe that appreciation prospects are reasonable there, I mean, those numbers are, are something that, that a local investor might be able to work with all day. Um, it seems like Mindy, what's, what, what are you, what are you thinking? I'm thinking when you are naming these numbers, I'm thinking to myself, can you actually find houses at the 200 mark? Um, cause that would also be an, a really great deal here, but there's no such thing as a $200,000 house in my market. Um, so if you can find a house for 200,000, put some money and what are you putting into it? If you find it for 200 and you're putting 150 into it to get it up to 350, that's not a good deal either. Cause that's a lot of work. Every time you open up a wall, something else goes wrong. Um, you find another thing that needs to be fixed that you didn't realize needed to be fixed before. So, um, if you're putting, if you're buying at 200, putting it in 50, and now it's one 350, that is a much better deal. Uh, also, who's doing the work? That's the biggest question that I have because I don't know about in Maryland, but in Colorado, there's no contractors. We can't find anybody. Everybody left during 2008, and they didn't come back. And we just had a huge fire that burned down a thousand houses about 20 miles south of me. Um, on December 30th. So all of the rebuilding is going to, all of the contractors are going to be focusing on that and it's going to be even harder to find a contractor. And that's, of course, that's my area, not your area, but everybody across the nation is saying, I can't find a contractor. So unless you are really good at DIY or you're like, maybe your dad's a contractor and would love to work on this house for free. And, Um, And that challenge does not get easier when you go out of state. Yeah, that challenge doesn't get easier any any place. Um, that's I mean, that's one of the number one reasons why Carl and I do so much DIY is because it is so much easier just to learn a brand new skill than it is to find somebody to do that at a reasonable price. So on the other hand, if you could get that property at 350 and it's renting out at 3000 maybe that is, I mean, that's close to the 1% mark. If it's already rehabbed, maybe it's worth it to buy the already rehabbed 
property. You have a baby, you have a job, you have things taking up your time already. It's a lot of work to do this DIY. I am very casual when I say, oh, we do these live-in flips. We do all the work ourselves. It's also a lot of work. And like Carl doesn't have a job. That's his full-time job is to work on the house. So, you know, I keep forgetting that because that's just kind of how our lives have always been. I think that's a great point. Jeff, what is what is a property look like in your market that you don't have to do a major rehab on? That would be rent ready with it with just maybe if, less than fifteen thousand dollars of work painting. I think it would be going for around three fifty in my market right now. Um, but I guess that was the whole thing is that after listening to some of these podcasts, I realized that uh, you know one of the more ideal ways to go about real estate investing is to find a property you can fix up a little bit and then eventually be able to put in some sweat sweat equity and uh, take your money back out so that you can go ahead and like rinse. Uh, lather, rinse, repeat pretty much. Um, so that you can do it a little bit quicker. Um, so that I don't have to save back up um, over that long period of time. That was my goal. The Burr method is a really, really awesome method, but I think they don't focus enough on the, I don't know which R it is, the rehab part of it, where you are finding somebody to do the work for you. Um, and I mean, do you have any contacts in the remodeling space? Um, I mean, I, I guess I do have a few people here. Um, I, I had to have my, uh, where I'm renting out in my current home here, I had to have it fixed up a little bit to get rent ready for that. Um, so in my local market, I do have a few contacts that have built up, but in the, uh, these, this other market that I'm looking at currently, I don't have anyone who I've actually worked with as of yet now. Okay. So what, what's a successful burr here? You, we, we still haven't answered the question of if you buy it for 200K, how much are you going to need to put into a property like that to get it to three, to be, get to the ARV of 350? I mean, I believe around uh, 50,000 should be able to get it to that, uh, that ARV of around 300, 350. Okay. So I, I, we, let's, we, we have $102,000 in cash. We put down, um, 25%, that's 50 grand to buy the $200,000 property. We have another 50 grand for the rehab. And then it's worth 350 at that point. Um, mortgage is pro- is 150 on that. And you can bump that up to probably 250 at that point, and pull it all out. That's, that's what we're thinking. Yeah. And, and that's right. And I mean, in, in a perfect world, that'd be great. But as Mindy was mentioning, it's just so hard to one, find these properties for that amount. Um, and then two, also to actually get the work done as well and, and on time, because um, I understand timing is a, it's a huge factor of it too. Yeah. So, so your, your, your timeline is, is 10 to 15 years. And remember, you've only been sitting on your current cash flow situation for one year, right? And it's only going to improve if you stay disciplined with the, the spending on that, on that side of things. So that's where like, let's zoom out and say, forget about the burr. And you're just buying the $350,000 property and renting out for 2,500 a month, right? And making a small, a small cash flow there, right? Well, you buy one of those every two years for the next, you know, six, seven, eight years. It's three, four, five properties with that. You're, you're probably in a, in a relatively strong position 10, 15 years down the road without having to do the rehab component of that. So that that's where I'm that's what I'm trying to kind of put in there. You know you're going to accumulate thirty to sixty thousand dollars. Let's call it fifty because more often than not you're going to get that stock grant or the bonus paid out um, in, in most years. So over a ten year period, that's five hundred thousand dollars in in cash that you're going to accumulate, and that's plenty to buy about two million dollars worth of real estate with that over that over a ten year period, right? 
even without any any burrs, that real estate should, on average, appreciate a little bit. Let's call it three percent per year. And you're going to amortize a loan. Um, let's call it one or two percent per year um, for for those properties. Uh, and then generate incrementally more cash flow each time, stacking up, right? So it's it's actually you're actually going to accumulate more than five hundred thousand dollars in cash to invest um, because the cash flow from these next few properties will 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 move in there. And so you may find that that is an acceptable amount um, to to achieve your fire goal um, without having to do these rehabs, even, although. The burr strategy will help you accelerate that and get the first few faster than. What I just what I just described there, and then if you can keep your expenses low, twenty five hundred dollars per property times five properties, just because we're throwing out numbers there, is twelve thousand five hundred dollars per month in cash flow when they're paid off. Since you're working, you don't need to have them paid off if they're just covering their expenses and they're appreciating, and you're making a little bit. Uh, you know, to cover your capex and all of that. I'm not saying go out and buy a property just because it's there. You run your numbers and make sure it's still a good deal, but that's generating enough income to cover your expenses after you retire. So you don't, you know, you listen to the the OG podcast and they're like, I want to own 500 single family homes. Like that sounds like a nightmare. You'd have to get somebody to help you run that because that's too much. But you can have just a few properties that generate a lot of income monthly that covers your expenses. And I mean, I'm, you know, glossing over taxes and, and rehab and, you know, things like that. But a few properties can generate real income that allows you to become financially independent. What is the definition of financial independence when your investments cover your uh, your monthly expenses? Mm-hmm. Or I guess I should look that up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, that is my goal right there, though. I mean, just to have these investments just uh, on autopilot, able to take care of and bring in enough money every month so, such that I don't have to... Uh, worry about paying my bills, I guess, for my nine to five money. Well, let me let me ask you this because you said you're in 176,000 cumulative uh, in household income. Do you believe that the prospects at your job are pretty good for you to to substantially increase your salary over the next five to ten years? Well, I mean, I think between both me and my wife, there is room for growth in our uh, in our careers. Um, it, it is a little difficult for us. I mean, uh, especially now that we have our our, our baby here. Um, to put in the time in order to study, in order to get, uh, to, to raise that income. But we are both, uh, dedicated to trying to do that at least. But well, well, I guess what I'm asking is, is do you sense that your time, your extracurricular time is better spent advancing that career to the next phase or by, or managing a burr portfolio and, and really getting active in your real estate business? That's the trade-off. If we were in court, this would be called a leading question because Scott really thinks that your your prospects are better managing your job than your Burr portfolio. I, I honestly I don't know. I honestly don't know. Yeah, with, with that. I mean, I've never thought about it. I mean, um, I, I guess for me personally, um, like I make about ninety five right now per year, um, but. I guess if if I were to go ahead, uh, just focus solely on my career, um, I think I'd probably be able to push my my salary up to around like one twenty to one thirty. Um, but at the same time, I mean, within 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 what time period? Maybe in about uh, two to three years, possibly. 
And then on the on the burr front, you'd be adding if you pulled off a two hundred thousand dollar purchase, put fifty thousand dollars into it, and increase the value to uh, three fifty, um, you'd be making a hundred thousand dollars. If you believe that, if you believe that back of the napkin math. So that's the, you can probably, you can, you may be able to have both, but that's the, that's the choice I think, because it will consume a tremendous amount of your free time, especially for the first few um, of those burrs, um, I imagine. So that's going to be the, I think the challenge for you is, is do I want to do that or do I want to focus on the career and do something more passive with the real estate, like buying the property that's maybe not turnkey, but is pretty close and is only going to require a small rehab to get it rent ready. Um installing the putting the blinds in and made a paint job and carpet yeah i mean uh now that i'm thinking about it, i mean i ideally i think it, doing both would be great um i mean i know my wife she definitely wants to do both um she has uh a, an amazing ambition to go ahead and further her career um me on the other hand i mean i, I definitely want to be like a uh, mindy's husband i guess and uh just so so solely focused on the real estate and tesla um be wife five yeah. <laughs> Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Saving for a down payment, a wedding, or just looking for extra money to invest? Monarch Money turns your budgeting woes into wins. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best budgeting app overall. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. 
And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to manage your money like a pro. Add a partner or family member to your account for no extra cost. So combined finances become a breeze. Customize your budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions, and more. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash pockets. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash pockets for your extended 30-day free trial. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. So I am going to give you another research opportunity and invite you to listen to both episode 97 with Financial Mechanic and episode 110 with The Purple Life. Both of these women have, uh, I don't want to say job hopped, but essentially job hopped their way to a much higher salary. And you can go in and ask your boss for a raise, or you can change career, change jobs, change companies and get a big bump up. And they tell their story much better than I do. And it's been a while since we talked to them. I can't remember the exact specifics, but I know that they both like moved across country, which may not be an option for you, but they moved jobs for sure to get a uh, bigger increase. And I mean, in some cases it was like a 25% increase. So I'm not sure what exact industry you and your wife are in, but it there's this great resignation going on where everybody's quitting and nobody can find anybody to hire. I would suggest looking into your options and seeing what's available. Um, you're getting company stock. Maybe the company stock combined with your salary is where you want to stay, but maybe she's not getting company stock and she wants to move to your company where she gets company stock or, um, you know, another company that offers a lot more money. I mean, if the end goal is just to generate as much income as possible, that could be, um, that could be an opportunity to, to exponentially grow your income. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a great option there. Um, I mean, I know early in my career, I definitely changed jobs a little bit. Um, but since having a baby, I thought I should probably try to stay a little bit more stable here. Um, but it, it, I wouldn't suggest both of you leave at the same time, but mm-hmm. one of you could leave and go to another job while the other one stays at their current job. And then once they get set in their job, then the other one leaves and goes to a new job and gets set. And you just kind of hip hop, hop, frog, frog hop each other at leapfrog. That's the one I'm trying to look for. 
Yeah, I, I think I think you are in position to to do that and take some some chances on there if you think there's opportunity there. Um, you can live off of just your income um, from what, what what I gathered from from this, or, or very close with that. So that would be another option. For example, if your wife wanted to take some time and manage the burr, for example, um, or, or or get involved in that business, that would be another option. If you thought, hey, I've got a reasonable shot at getting a hundred thousand dollar profit on on this deal. That sounds like it's more than your current than, than than your wife's current income with that. So even if you just do one per year, um, that could be an interesting option as well. Yeah, I mean, um, I, just to throw out here as well. I mean, something else we've been playing around with. Also, I mean, we're, I know we're we throw out a lot of these things here, and we need to sort of stick to just one. But we've also considered. I mean, um, we're not exactly set here and like loving our home, but we are considering uh, moving to another home and possibly doing a live-in flip to um, also uh, try to get another property that way as well. Um, just thinking that that might be a better option for us possibly. That, that would be wow. a potentially fantastic option. Let's talk about that live-in flip. Let's go back to the burr, the R of the burr, the rehab part, who's going to be doing the work on the live-in flip. Well, as I mentioned, I mean, we accumulated some contacts here in the area um, as we got our current home uh, up to the standards for the renter. Um, so we, uh, we're we comfortable and confident that we have some competent workers who would be able to uh, do that contracting work for us. Okay. That is... Uh, that instantly becomes my favorite of the of, of the next steps for, for you, if, if that's something you're going to, if you're willing to do, because what would your house hack uh, you, right now? You're getting thirteen or thirteen fifty from the house hack. Yes, that's correct. What's the rent when you move out from from your section? Um, I, I guess it depends on if we were to rent out the entire home um, all as one, or split it up and just rent out rent it out as a, a upstairs portion and the basement portion. Um, but if we were to do it all in one, I believe we'd be getting a maybe just shy of 3000 around like 29, 28 possibly. But if we were to split it up, uh, we could get upwards of around 35 to, uh, possibly even a little bit more 36,000. Either of those. I'm sorry, 3,600. So, so I, I, I love this potential option. Now, now let's think about this, right? You got, so you move out, you instantly have a rental property. That's a cat. That's, that seems to me to be cash flow positive. If you believe in the appreciation prospects of your home, you've got a great option there. If you buy the next live in flip, you can probably use another three or 5% down, um, uh, a mortgage mortgage. And if you buy something in the two to 300,000 range, that's going to be six to $9,000 down, down payment, maybe six to $15,000 down payment. So you're not even using most of your cash. You still have it all for the rehab on that property. You can get started right away on that rehab and you're going to accelerate your cash, your cash flow. Um, well, let me think about that. What would the mortgage be on your next on, on a, on a live-in flip there? Uh, that, we haven't gone that far in terms of the idea of that yet. Um, but I guess we would try to keep it somewhat manageable around to where we're at right now. Uh, no more than uh, like 2300 a month is what we would probably try to target. So you'd actually be saving a little less per month in that case because you'd assume another $2,300 in mortgage and you'd only increase your rent by maybe a little less than that. But it would still be... But now you have a shot to make several hundred thousand dollars or, you know, tax free if you're able to pull off the live and flip appropriately, um, and, and sell it after a two year stint in there. 
So I, I, I really like that potential. If you're going to go all in, that's a great approach. It will have lifestyle implications, but Mindy, I think, is, is, is proof of the power of this particular strategy. It will have lifestyle implications, but your live-in flip doesn't have to be the same level of my live-in flip. I moved into an incredibly ugly house, and we're going to touch every single wall. The main floor plan is the same. We haven't moved... Well... We've adjusted walls, but we haven't like moved walls and done structural changes and things like that. Um, I've done other houses where I popped the top. Don't do that with a baby. Um, that's a disaster. I speak from experience there. Um, you can do a kitchen from Ikea. I just did a kitchen from Ikea for the very first time. That's a very inexpensive way to do it. You, they designed it so that anybody can do the Ikea kitchen. Um, you can check out my video on the real estate rookie channel where I walk you through my kitchen. It's actually really beautiful. Um, I'm never going to do an Ikea kitchen again because it's so time consuming to put all the cabinets together, but it's, I mean, you've got two years to do the work. Um, I wouldn't tackle things like structural issues or mold or meth, um, for a first live-in flip, but I mean, an ugly house can just be painted in new flooring and it's way better. And, you know, a kitchen remodel is so much value. A bathroom remodel is so much value. I wouldn't go around and like re rework all the walls in the house, but you know, there's, there's varying levels of, of a remodel and you can, you can really make it beautiful for very little effort. And then you can learn new skills too. If you can't find somebody to do the work for you, come over to my house. We're doing everything. I'll teach you everything. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you back into a picture from three to five years from now, right. Um, if you do the live in flip, that will probably consume a good chunk of your cash. Um, but you're well, you have plenty of cash to potentially take on a live in flip. In my opinion, with this, you can put down a low down payment, um, again, to preserve that and save it all for the rehab with it. When, and once you finish that rehab, if you come in under budget, all the remaining cash can go towards the next rental property with it. You'll be committed to that place for two years. Um, but there's no reason you couldn't, if you do a live in flip, rent out one of the, the, the second sections of the house if that house layout made sense for it kind of like what you're currently doing so you have a, you potentially have a lot of options with that strategy again the tax advantages um and you're able to use that the best source of financing which is your local one and if you do a live-in flip i think you're going to get a lot of confidence for your burr strategy as well um with with from the first-hand experience in, in rehabbing that. So I, I think there's a lot to like about that from a strategic choice. Obviously, um, a lot of people are not willing to do that with, with a new family, but if you are, um, I think, I think you should, that, that, that would be the first place I'd look. And talk to your wife and make sure she's on board with it. You will be living in a construction zone, which is not the most fun. If she's on board with it, I mean, you can make a lot of money. I can, I'm proof of that. You can make a lot of money with the live-in flip, but it's also, a, I mean, it can be a little bit draining. Keep a room that's untouched, like your master bedroom. Don't be working on that while you're working on the other house too. So you have a place to go where you can just like decompress and be away from the construction for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, we are, we, we've, we've had the conversation with it a little bit, um, but it's just been in passing and very infrequent. Um, definitely we focus a little bit more on the stocks and uh, the traditional rental properties. But I mean, after this conversation here with you all, I think we're going to go ahead and try to sit down and have a, a, a date about this. And I guess consider a little bit more 
Okay. What, what other what other things are you interested in, in hearing about today? Do we answer other questions? I think you all did, um, but I guess in terms like from what you all have heard in terms of uh, our goal, would it seem like we're too liquid? I guess in our cash that we have right now, we've cons- we, we've had a conversation with the financial planner in the past, and they mentioned to us that we might be a little too liquid, but. Uh, we were thinking that, I mean, given our goals of trying to put 25% down on a rental property and just making sure that we maintain our emergency fund, we thought we were pretty good there. I mean, you got you have to use it at some point. You can't sit on this pile of cash for the next year and a half. Otherwise, you're, you're going to destroy purchasing power. Um, but if you're going to invest in real estate, I think you've got a very appropriate amount of cash, um, especially if it's not going to be another house hack or whatever. You're, you're going to need in your market to put down... $60,000. And so you've got a very, you got a perfect financial position um, from a cash perspective for that pursuit, right? You put down $60,000, you're left with 40. That's a comfortable amount of cash to make sure you have a, a strong emergency reserve and still have some liquidity um, for both your personal life and your your property. So I, I think it's an appropriate amount of cash in your situation, um, but you need to use it um, for that purpose at some point in the next couple of months here, next six to 12 months. Yeah. I would agree with Scott. I wouldn't, I, I can see where this, the financial planners are coming from. Wow. You have a lot of money in cash. I mean, you heard me say you have $102,000 in cash, but you have a reason to, to spend it. I would not be putting that in the stock market right now because the stock market is so very volatile at this very moment. You could put in 102 and then when it's time to make a purchase, now it's 80. I think it's a terrible idea to put it in the stock market. It's a great idea to just keep it in your, whatever your high yield savings account is because you're going to make a purchase. But I would, if you don't have a real estate agent that you're working with right now, I would connect with one and have them send you listings and start looking at these properties and make a solid plan to purchase either a live-in flip. Uh, You've lived in your home now for more than a year, so you can move out and rent it out. And not pay any cap, uh, and because you've satisfied the terms of your mortgage, which are usually you must live in there for twelve months. Um, so now you can move to another property, turn your old one into a rental. Uh, if you plan to sell your old one, I would hold on to it for two years, so you don't pay any capital gains taxes when you do sell. Um, but also be keeping an eye on the market. Like maybe some smoking hot deal comes on the market. You've got the cash. You're ready to jump on it as soon as you are ready to jump on it as soon as you find it. Um, I, I think I think all of that is, is right. One caveat on the stock thing is it's a great time to invest in the stock market if your plan is to pile consistently year after year into a long-term index fund and build that as part of your wealth. And I am still investing in the stock market and putting money into the index funds. It is not a good idea to put your uh, excess cash into the stock market and then later go to pull it out to invest in real estate because of the volatility. So it's fine to have it in cash uh, until you buy the property rather than sticking in the stock market until you buy the property because you don't want to be subject to, oh, the stock market just dropped 30% and now I can't buy that place anymore. Yes. Thank you. The stock market is a great place to invest. It is not a good place to store your money for for your down payment. So people are always asking, oh, it's just sitting in this high yield savings account and it's only making 0.2%. And I'm, you know, I see all this stock market going up. Well, the stock market could just as easily go down. So yes. Thank you, Scott, for clarifying that. That's what I meant. Great. Uh, And I mean, I'm glad you all brought up, I guess, the the stock market does well, because 
I guess that's something else that we, oh, I guess I was looking into in terms of, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I have hopped jobs a little bit in my past. Um, and I've gathered a little bit of money in a few of my 401ks. I was wondering if I should go ahead. Is this a good time to guess, like, uh, combine all of those into maybe like a, a Roth IRA and start contributing to that as well. So, you, you, so do you have 401ks or do you have, you're, you're talking about a rollover or a, a combination? You have, you have several 401ks from old employers? That's correct. And I was considering rolling those over into a Roth IRA. Are any of them Roth 401ks or are they pre-tax 401ks? Because you can roll over all... from a 401k into a traditional IRA, and that is not a taxable event, meaning you're just taking it out of this pre-tax account and putting it into this pre-tax account. If you take it from this pre-tax account and put it into a Roth account, that's a taxable event. And all the money that you turn into the Roth is taxed at your current tax rate. So it may be more financially advantageous for you to roll it over to a traditional IRA or to keep it in the current account if it has really low fees. Yeah, here's here's uh, um, in addition to what many many great points there. If you have multiple four hundred one k accounts and you just want to consolidate them to make life easier for you. That'll take some paperwork and maybe a little bit of fees, but it may be worthwhile if you're going to combine them into, you know, a 401k through Vanguard or something and have um, low fees and be able to put it into an index fund and set it and forget it for a couple of years. I, I think rolling it over into a Roth IRA is a tough sell for me right now for you because you guys earn a pretty high income already. Um, and that will be a taxable event to roll it over. Instead, what I think is if you want to combine them into one 401k, that's a good time to talk to a CPA or somebody else to make sure that you dot all the I's and cross all the T's on, on that particular point. But then sit on it, put it, invest, invest it in something you think will grow and wait. And maybe in 10 or 15 years when you fire um, and and no longer have income and you're doing your, your flip or your burr, you might have a giant loss as a real estate professional that year. Uh, and that would be a great time when you have a taxable loss uh, to then roll over the $75,000 or whatever it grows to into the Roth IRA so you don't have to pay tax on it. But right now, it's just going to add more to your tax bill. I think it, it could be a very expensive year to do that. If you never, if you never think you're going to have a year where you're going to have a, a, a low income year, um, which will be unlikely for you as a real estate investor. Um, if you, if you go down that path, um, then you, you can do it at some point and now might be fine, but that would be my, my, my instinct would be to leave it untouched and let it grow, um, tax deferred and wait for an opportunity to come along in downstream years to, to then roll it over to the Roth. Yeah. I mean, there are several, there are just regular 401ks and I don't believe they have any high fees associated with them. So, uh, I was just considering just to make things life easier in terms of tracking it on a month to month. Um, just having it all in one instead of several smaller accounts. That may, that may be, you know, I honestly, I have a couple and I just leave them. Uh, I haven't bothered to, to do all that because it's, there's just fees associated with it. So if you feel like you've got a good provider, you can just leave them and Mint will track them. You got to update the logins every once in a while. Um, but there you go. Um, but if you do want to, that would be fine. I think I don't think there would be like a major cost one way or the other to, to consolidate them and roll them into just one central place. Okay. But it definitely be something to just spend a couple hundred bucks on the, the CPA 
or the, the, the CFP to help you make sure you get that. Yep. I agree with what Scott um, just said. If there's, I had an IRA that was super high fees. And by the time I finally got around to transferring it out, it had eaten up half of my balance in super high fees. And I mean, I, I, we're talking like from a thousand dollars to $500. It wasn't like a ton, but it was still 50% is 50%. And I would have preferred to have those $500 in my pocket instead of somebody else's. Um, so yeah, if it's not high fees, it, I mean, and another thing to look at is what are your options within that portfolio? Sometimes the options are really terrible. Yeah. yeah I haven't even really, uh, once I left those employers, I haven't even turned back to really look at those except for just to check the balance. And that's about it. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'd take a look, I'd, I'd revisit what the, what, what's invested in there. And if you see something like a one and a half percent fee plus a high fees for each of the funds, probably a good time to roll them over into a better, better plan. If you see really low fees, um, probably no need to bother. Um, but that would be, but it, it, because you don't know my, my fear is that you've got high fee plans, um, with that, that's, that tends to be the case, but hopefully not. Uh, I hope not, uh, but I'll definitely be t- uh, doing that as a homework assignment here today. Great. Keep going. Anything else that we can help you with? Um, I mean, no, I think that was uh, the bulk of my questions there, really. Um, just trying to, I guess, like, make sure that I was uh, heading in a, I have some good options, I guess, ahead of me in terms of what we have planned out for um, FIRE, but uh I think I think that's about it, really. Um, so I guess we, uh, me and my wife have some conversations uh, to talk about here in terms of uh, which direction we want to go here from now. Yeah, we'll love it. I, I and and just to reiterate, um, I'm glad you told us. Hey, you've you. It sounds like you went through a period of paying off a lot of debt um, and getting a strong financial foundation built, and now you're you're sitting in this really strong position where you're accumulating all this cash each year and have a, a line. You know, you're accumulating too much cash. You don't exactly know what to do with it um, and what the best approach is. That's a great problem. And if you keep that up for the next, you know, five ten years, you're going to amass hundreds of thousands and then millions of dollars of wealth. Um, um, with that. And it's just about where you apply it. And I love your, how you're asking that question next. So I, I think you're in a really strong position and have a really good trajectory. Um, and if you, if you come back in three years and you just save at the current rate that you're doing and apply it to either stocks or boring old real estate or the burrs or the house, like you're going to, you're going to be um, successful any which way. It's just a matter of degree, um, which I think is the right question to be asking. So thank you for, for sharing all this and, and for the great discussion today. Well, I appreciate you all giving me your perspective and uh, reassuring me here. Uh, it makes me sure I feel really uh, good about our position here now. You are doing fantastic, Jeff, and you will definitely hit your goal um, unless some catastrophic thing happens and then nobody else is going to hit their goal either. But you're doing awesome. And the the 50% savings rate or almost 50% savings rate is a huge help. Um, that is something that I don't think we celebrated enough. So hooray for you. You're doing wonderful. This was awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Ola. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. All right, that was Jeff and his fantastic story. And, you know, I can see how it could be a little bit daunting to have to decide which of these amazing options do I pursue. And I think that we had several things for him to consider that maybe he hadn't considered, Scott. So I believe that this was very helpful for Jeff. What did you think? 
Well, I hope it was helpful for Jeff. I learned a lot and, and enjoyed the discussion. And I think, um, I, I think we just can't stress enough how the fun that like, I, I'm, I'm sure there's so many people out there that are listening that, um, you know, if you've been listening for a couple of years, maybe you've, you've gone through this slog or have paid off the debt and you're kind of in that position. That's, that's like Jeff's where you're just starting out being able to make these large investments each year. And you're at the beginning of what really is a grind for several years um, with it. And you just can't, I can't stress enough how healthy of a position that is to be in where all the right things are being done. Income strong, uh, credit's good. There's no bad debt. There's no debt at all besides the mortgage and the, the monthly credit card balance. And it's just a matter of continuing that for a period of time, not having the spending goalposts, goalposts move and stacking up those assets. And he can win in any of 10 different directions. Um, the two that we discussed today being real estate and stocks. Um, but if he just, if he went down either of those paths, he would, he would be, he'll become wealthy over the next 10 years. Um, and it just a matter of degree and how much and how much cash flow, um, depending on how, how active you want to be in that investment portfolio. Yeah. I, I like that he can win in any one of a number of opportunities that he chooses. And he doesn't have to focus on just one. We talked about real estate because I think that's where he had the most questions and we are bigger pockets. So, you know, why ask us about other things when you could ask us about real estate? He's got some great options and, you know, the the contractor piece, I think people don't really... I you know what? I should talk to the real estate podcast because I don't think they focus enough on how difficult it can be to find a good, reliable contractor. So they need to focus on that R, maybe do a whole episode on that R and finding contractors. You can find contractors. They are out there and treating them well, paying them well, paying them quickly is a great way to get them to come back to you over and over again. Um, But you know, finding them in the first place can be kind of difficult. But yeah, he's got a lot of options. I also love his timeline. Oh, I'd like to be financially independent in 10 or 15 years. Our history of 279 other episodes shows that that's a very realistic goal. Absolutely. I mean, and, and I, I think that, again, if he, if he can just apply the fundamentals, he'll get there any one of the, with any one of those strategies. I agree. Okay. If you are listening to this show, that means that you really like this show. Have you heard your story or... Would you like to share your story? Please apply at biggerpockets.com slash finance review to be a guest on our Finance Friday episode. We're always looking for more interesting stories to share with our listeners. Scott, should we get out of here? Let's do it. From episode 280 of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast, he is Scott Trench, and I am Mindy Jensen saying, be sweet, parakeet, because I forgot to look that up today. <laughs> You can also send me suggestions, Mindy at BiggerPockets.com. The market is changing, and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom, and the best investors know it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into real estate investing or take it to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With the BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals 
enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly matched with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.